Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. So welcome everyone to our day 14 of our celebrating Kartik series. We're continuing to dive deeply into the Krishna book, the 10th canto of Srimad Bhagavatam with our host of uh, illustrious speakers. And today I'll be very pleased to introduce uh, Bhakti Marg Maharaj, a, a dear friend. And uh, uh, there's so much that can be said about Bhakti Marg Maharaj. But because we have uh, want to give him the most time, we encourage you to, to read the bios that we have attached to our, our descriptions that you can learn about his role as a GBC, as a, uh, a walking monk, <laughs> and, and many other uh, glorious achievements in his life of devotional service. Um, and I'm going to just sit back and I'm going to listen. Uh, we've had a little bit of an audio problem with some echoing and so on. So uh, I'm just going to get back into the background, get muted, and bring on Bhakti Marg Maharaj to lead you into the devouring of the forest fire by Krishna. This is a, a wonderful Leela, and uh, I'm sure Maharaj's dramatic uh, uh, abilities will bring great life to this, uh, to this narration, this Krishna Kata. Thank you so much, Maharaj. It's all yours now. Thank you very much, and the hosts of this show. It, it sounds a little off from my end, but if it's okay where you are, I'll just continue. It's, it's by the way, it's not the best. So if you can come a little closer, maybe to your to your uh, screen, that may be a little little clearer. Yeah, I think that's that's probably better. Okay. Okay. How are we doing? How's that? Are we doing all right there? That that's that's better. But I, I because of the echo, I'm going to have to go off. Okay. Okay, fantastic. I'm listening. <laughs> All right, thank you. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. So what I would like to do today, if I could, is just uh, offer to you a poem that I wrote two days ago. And it's called Charm Boy. It's about Krishna and the leela of where he is trying to steal the muffin and how he gets caught. And he brings down a couple of trees and the, the rest of the story you may know. So here it is. Charmed. He is both menacing and very adorable. His sweet innocence bars him from saying he's deplorable. His babyhood charm is written all over his face. And whatever he does, he transforms that very space. That space is on earth and beyond the skies too. His mother and father impose a well-meaning curfew. Yet he sneaks away at night under the moon. After plotting a rally of movies and friends by noon. The plot is to scout the neighbor's homes 
and spot the winter's stock like bees or honeycombs. There is success in the break and enter. It's obvious he is left, right, and center. He then gets caught red-handed by his mother, for his hands are moistened by the thick, smooth butter. Mother decides he must learn a good lesson. She grabs the stick and goes for a chasing session. But he snaps on his feet with speed he goes. She runs, but due to fatigue, she slows. Tossing her the stick, she manages to stop him. From here on, it may appear to be looking grim, but not so. She secures a rope to bind the boy. For both persons, there is a mix of fear and joy. Mystically, the rope of lesson and love cannot tie them, frustrating her thereof. He surrenders to her will of good intent. Convinced that her love is 100%, he allowed her to fasten him to a mortal in the yard. For her, it was not easy. In fact, it was hard. In her absence, he proceeds to pull rope and mortar. With ease, he pulls down two trees in the back corner. And from that fall appeared two beautiful men. Bedazzled they are for what happened to them. They have been cursed by a well-known sage for partying shamelessly, lowering guard and age. They honestly now felt a kind of liberation and credit the boy for such a relieving sensation. They were existing as trees for far too long and now within their original forms, so strong. There is a side to this boy that leaves one in wonder. For if you help you are left to ponder. Now, who is the child with all this power, with skin blue, and his mother makes him power? For many a scholar and reader, he's a great subduer of miscreants scandals, and a host of volunteers. His name is Damodar Mukunda and Krishna. If you call on one or all of these names, you'll feel that he's warm and he has lots of charm. Thank you very much for listening. Hare Krishna. Okay. We're going to move along to the story of Kirsten devouring the forest fire. And I'm going to take the opportunity to say that I just walked through a forest. It took me an hour to walk through a forest to get to where I am now in a little dwarf school where I just gave a little lesson about Dhruva Maharaj. And uh, I guess to prepare for this little talk, I felt I the need to go through the trees. And I think everyone should do that every day. Walk through the bush, through the forest, and get a sense of what is Vrindavan 
the place where Krishna lives. So I will read uh, Dev Devouring the Forest Fire because it's just one page long, really. And uh, then we'll talk about some of the highlights of what Prabhupada has to say in his commentary. So here we go. <clears throat> While Krishna and Balaram and their friends were engaged in the pastimes described above, the cows, being unobserved, began to wander off on their own, entering farther and farther into the deepest part of the forest, allured by fresh grasses. The goats, cows, and buffalo traveled from one forest to another and entered the forest known as Ishikatavi. This forest was full of green grass, and therefore they were allured. But when they entered, they saw that there was a forest fire, and they began to cry. On the other side, Balaram and Krishna, along with their friends, could not find their animals, and they became very aggrieved. They began to trace the cows by following their footprints, as well as the path of eaten grass. All of the boys were fearing that their very means of livelihood, the cows, were now lost. Soon, however, they heard the crying of their cows. Krishna began to call the cows by their respective names with great noise. Upon hearing Krishna calling, the cows immediately replied with joy. But by this time, the forest fire surrounded all of them, and the situation appeared to be very fearful. The flames increased as the wind blew very quickly, and it appeared that everything movable and immovable would be devoured. All the cows and the boys were very frightened, and they looked towards Balram the way a dying man looks at the picture of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. They said, Dear Krishna Balaram, we are now burning from the heat of this blazing fire. Let us take shelter of your lotus feet. We know you can protect us from this great danger. Our dear friend Krishna, we are your intimate friends. It is not right that we should suffer in this way. We are all completely dependent on you. And you are the knower of all religious life. We do not know anyone except you. The personality of Godhead heard the appealing voices of his friends. And casting a pleasing glance over them, he began to answer. By speaking through his eyes, he impressed his friends that there was no cause for fear. Then Krishna. The supreme mystic, the powerful personality of Godhead, immediately swallowed up all the flames of the fire. The cows and boys were thus saved from imminent danger. Out of fear, the boys were almost unconscious, but when they regained their consciousness and opened their eyes, they saw that they were again in the forest with Krishna, Balaram and the cows. They were astonished to see 
that they were completely free from the attack of the blazing fire and that the cows were saved. They secretly thought that Krishna must not be an ordinary boy, but some demigod. In the evening, Krishna and Balaram, along with the boys and cows, returned to Vrindavan, playing their flutes. As they approached the village, all the gopis became very joyous. Throughout the day, the gopis used to think of Krishna while he was in the forest. And in his absence, they were considering one moment to be like 12 years. Thus ends the Bhaktivedanta purport of the 19th chapter of Krishna devouring the forest fire. Hare Krishna. It's a beautiful story, very heartwarming, and we're talking about God here, not an ordinary person. And so uh, I took note of a few uh, points that I thought were really significant uh, in this particular chapter. <clears throat> and I think we can go over that. Such a wonderful Leela. So my, my thoughts were when I was walking through the forest this morning, uh, where's that um, Krishna um, makes contact with his energies. And in the Bhagavad Gita, we hear that uh, Krishna is uh, you know, making this connection with his energies. Uh, for instance, the Lord says in the Gita, Bhumir Apanalobayu, Kanmano Budir Evacha, Hankari, Iti Yangmi, Bina Prakritir Ashtada. So, of the eight separated energies of the Lord, five uh, he seemed to make interesting contact with. Um, for instance, um, well, Krishna, you know, to, to our mercy and from his blessings, he uh, trampled upon the earth. He graced this earth, boomy planet with his uh, lotus feet. Whether he was walking or running or strolling or dancing, it, it's all mercy upon this great planet. So all of the pastimes that we hear about uh, in you know the Krishna uh, stories and the tenth canto have to do with the Lord, you know, massaging this great planet that we call the Earth, and then. Um, the Lord also makes contact with uh, with water and being within the Yamuna River and uh, swimming in it and blessing those holy waters. They're already holy, and Prabhupada even explains that the Yamuna is a tributary of the, or the Ganges is a tributary Yamuna, one or the other. It's there. It's all the same source, and um, so Krishna is blessing further by bathing in there. And as we know in the story of the Kaliya serpent, he's very much, you know, getting wet and wreaking havoc for the um, the serpent Kaliya, who apparently is somewhere existing now. He's practically the only demon that uh, got away with not being destroyed by the Lord and then receiving liberation. He's now in the Fiji Islands. I had the chance to walk there as well. I was very tempted to go to the spot where Kali is supposed to be residing, but ran out of time, ran out of, you know, energy. <laughs> so 
Um, the Lord makes contact with, the, with these energies, and we're going to hear about the fire. And uh, there's also the wind in the form of Trinavarta, um, the wind demon. The Lord came and allowed himself through mystical abilities to become very light. So he swooped up by this Trinavarta. Well, first of all, Krishna was very heavy on the lap of uh, his mother Yashoda. And so she decided to put him to the side. And while she wasn't so attentive, this Trinavarta came and swooped him up, took him up into the air, sending right into the heavens. And then Krishna became very heavy, and that forced the uh, the Asura, the Trinavarta, to come down and meet with his end. And of course, he then got liberated. So Krishna's making contact with all this, uh, these uh, different elements, the five basic elements, and then uh, mixing them up and being part of his lila, his particular pastime. So just to take note a little bit of the text that we just went through, <clears throat> um, it is known that when Krishna and Balaram uh, meander through the forest and guide and steer, especially the calves, that sometimes the herds go off uh, and uh, when the boys are not so attentive. They have to have their lunch break. Or they sometimes get a little tired. So they, they lie down and the Lord himself lies down uh, for the, a cat nap and his elder brother Balaram may come and even massage him. And this way they're relaxing. But in their relaxing state, uh, they're heard that they're supposed to be very much uh, tending to uh, start to uh, uh, meander off. And uh, with the, they're allured by the bitter grasses. And uh, so then sometimes we see that the, the, the herds are <laughs> needing to be brought back in, into the fold and under the protection of the, of the boys. So the boys, they do get caught up in each other. They get caught up in Krishna. Focus goes to Krishna. Krishna is the master of bringing attention to himself. And why not? Uh, he is known as Krishna. He is the all-attractive one. And uh, all of us are like iron filings. And we should be drawn to the magnet of Krishna. That is what we're all about in Krishna consciousness in this glorious movement. Uh, we're here to give attention to the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And at this time of the year, in the form of it, just a young child who gets into antics and mischief and so on like that, all, but all the while being so very charming. So uh, there's separation of the, the animals and, and the boys, and there's now a need for them to come together and uh, I, I just have to say something about myself. I had the good fortune of being raised on the farm, and I used to go out and uh, get the family cow, uh, dairy cow in, and bring her in and milk her, and it took me 20 minutes flat, and then I was off to get ready for school and all that. I feel at that time I resented it somewhat, why I had to get up so earlier than everybody else, but now when I look back, in hindsight, I think, wow, what a blessing it was. So, um, uh, also, I took note that in the herd, there would also be not just cows uh, or uh, members of the bovine family, but just another little detail, there were also buffalo and goats that also were part of this whole, you know, dynamic, uh, which is uh, very interesting. <clears throat> when the boys noticed that the uh, cows were missing and that the herd was gone, 
because of their own transcendental distractions, uh, they decided that we, have, we must find them. Uh, we must locate them. And so they would follow a, follow a trail. And if you can kind of imagine, there would probably be trails of dung. Uh, there will probably be hoof prints in maybe like this uh, moistened areas. And uh, there would also be areas where the grass would be eaten. It would be the grass level would be lowered. So uh, they could follow the animals by way of these trails. Um, <clears throat> uh, one, one thing we know too about Krishna's connection with these animals, uh, each one of them had a name. And uh, so this uh, high level of personalism becomes an intricate part of spiritual living. Um, you know, the highest level of spirituality, as the Bhagavatam explains and Prabhupada talks about also in the early phases of the purports of the Bhagavad Gita. He talks about Brahman, Paramatma, and Bhagavan. And Brahman refers to the more impersonal aspect of the divine. And then we talk about the Paramatma, which is the localized aspect of God in the heart. And then there's Bhagavan himself, who shows all this, all levels of personalism, uh, charm, and total connect connectedness. And so uh, one feature of that is that uh, he knew everybody's names and names were given to the, to the animals, to the cows, and he would call them and they would each respond individually. So that level of uh, distinctiveness and, and uh, personalism was very much a feature of Krishna in Vrindavan. Um, the, all, all the respective names were there. Um, now, we also want to take note that both Krishna and Balaram were involved in this particular affair, and they were both approached by the coward boys. And, of course, the real peril was not only, number one, anxiety-ridden they were uh, because uh, the, the cows were separated from them, and then, secondly, uh, there was a forest fire, uh, you know, smoke, wind coming. And the wind was uh, creating all this, uh, the, uh, you know, the dynamic of uh, the flames catching onto the trees. And, and uh, as usually has been seen in the past, like here in Canada and the west coast of the U.S. as well, we've had a lot of forest fires. And uh, it just... It's very combustible and just happens very quickly. It doesn't take much for a tree to light on fire and then to be devastated within no time. So Krishna seems to, because he's the orchestrator, he is the director of these pastimes, these leelas. He arranges things in such a way that the devotees are put into a perilous situation and where they're uh, feeling a sense of very strong dependency on him. Uh, and uh, this is his ploy, this is his plot, this is his way of getting us to be more hooked to him. And, uh, and uh, of course it works. And we may not have this personal intimate, you know, level of interaction with him because we're still here in this world, the conditioned world, and we have our, uh, our shortcomings. And it's nevertheless, um, we will get there. <laughs> if we build up our devotional credits, uh, like Krita Punya Punya, which means uh, the coward boys who are 
so intimately involved with the Lord. They had previously performed, they were sages, they performed great austerities, and they built up, they compounded all this uh, punya or, or piety uh, up to the level where they became highly devotional and became intimate friends with the Lord. So maybe one day we'll be there. And I know myself when I go into the forest, I feel more like a kid. And uh, like yesterday, I went to the, we were at the ocean and uh, walking on rocks and, you know, just jumping, leaping here and there. I felt like a kid. And that's, uh, I felt closer to Krishna just by being in the elements and so on like that. Um, in fact, I would suggest that everyone spends a little time outdoors every, every day. Um, then uh, let's go back to another point that's made. <clears throat> um, yes, yeah, so first of all, uh, there was heat, uh, intense heat felt by, uh, by the animals. And this is oftentimes what happens in an intense forest. Uh, you know, you feel heat and, and smoke come before the flames may hit you. And if you're lucky, you'll get out of that as soon as possible. As a brahmachari, uh, I traveled um, in different places and would sometimes camp out. And we were doing book distribution, collecting funds for our temples. And uh, we stayed in one kind of sleazy hotel, $10 a night. Can you imagine how sleazy that would be? And we were, we were on a third floor. And then there was a fire that happened underneath us, uh, under the floor. The floorboards were getting very hot. And we opened the door to the corridor. And it was just engulfed with smoke. And then the next thing we thought to do, okay, let's get out and tie some bed sheets together, open the window, and see if we can go to our safety. Finally, anyways, the uh, the fire brigade came and, and got us out. That was one unique adventure. Uh, we got close to fire. Maybe we were close to death in some way. And, of course, we were definitely in an intense situation. It brought us a little closer to Krishna. So those are adventures that happen in life. And uh, I would say if we are uh, not uh, coming to that point of, of submitting ourselves to Krishna, coming to that point of surrender, then we're missing the boat. And we're, we're uh, let's say, uh, what is amiss is uh, the whole point about being Krishna conscious. It's feeling an incredible uh, dependency on the Lord. One thing that is very interesting about this chapter also is that Krishna is uh, sending messages uh, through his eyes. He's the way it's put in the text here, speaking through his eyes. The boys were extremely fearful. They were not sure about their fate. We'll lose our, um, you know, there was a point made here about livelihood. It looks like the animals might might be gone. That That's one uh, point of a reason for fearing. Another one is their own lives may be at stake here. And so uh, they were... Of course, there's a mention about crying, and uh, they were very dependent on the Lord. And uh, Krishna himself um, allayed their fears by just looking at them and offering a calmness to the eyes. So that's a technique that we might use sometimes when we're meeting with, uh, uh, under, we're under difficult circumstances or we're meeting with sometimes difficult people. And if you who are leaders in a community or a society like ours, which is very big and huge and expanded throughout the globe, 
you know that there's sometimes uh, people dynamics that are a little bit difficult to deal with and and uh some people just uh lose it you know, and le release steam and uh you feel the need to uh to to calm them down and to bring about some shanti and uh that can be done through uh you know body language and and uh uh, and offering a calmness, which should resonate and uh, bring about a sort of, if people can mirror or reflect some of the good things in life, that would really be good. We tend to be very reactive and uh, on anything that comes our way, then uh, hostile even, <laughs> highly emotional, but we always have to keep one thing in mind that it's not so much about uh, emotion, it's more about devotion. You know, it's about devotional service and not emotional service. So uh, when it comes to emoting, which we tend to do in becoming drama queens and queens, kings and queens, <laughs> uh, we always have to keep in mind that, uh, that there's a need to keep calm and to, to indeed to carry on and to render our devotional service, be very fixated on that. And... Uh, our good Lord Sri Krishna also talks in the Gita about, you know, what is the cause for so much emotion. And uh, it usually arises from the the, the lust and the, the desires that we have. And, uh, you know, it's uh, the fires that sometimes uh, um, that within us that uh, can be detrimental to our, to our growth. I'm going to give you a real nice quote. I've got a couple of fire quotes here. The most powerful weapon on earth is the human soul on fire. Of course, that would indicate when a human being is uh, enthusiastic and, and energetic, which is a, a real uh, important component uh, to our devotional life. If we want to make a strong spiritual advancement, there must be that enthusiasm. Rupa Goswami talks about that in, uh, in his teachings and like that. Here's another nice one. The mind is not a vessel to be filled, but a fire to be kindled. It's glorious. Here's another one. <clears throat> Set your life on fire. Seek those who fan your flames. And again, in a Krishna conscious context, it would mean uh, seek good association. Uh, this is basic, the basic like bottom line uh, injunction that's given by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and other great teachers in our lineage, they say, seek good company. Uh, so that is Sangha. Get Sadhu Sangha. Sadhu Sangha. Sadhu Shastrakai. Uh, go for good company of those people who, who will enhance you. People who will enhance you in your Krishna consciousness. One thing that Carl Jung said, the difference between a good life and a bad life is how well you walk through the fire. That's beautiful. <clears throat> Another thing, if you play with fire, meaning trouble, you're going to get burned. Okay, so stay away from uh, those things and stay very much in the subject mode. Okay, so getting back to some of our points uh, on this particular story, uh, this, this whole, what you would call telepathy, or if you will, you know, knowing what's somebody's mind, uh, Krishna had this great power and he had this great ability to be able to uh, communicate simply through looking, through glancing. 
Um, it was Krishna who swallowed up the flames. Uh, he, Krishna goes for quick solutions. And um, it, it, if you fight fires, it's quite an ordeal. Some of our devotees and our farm at Sharnagati in Western Canada, uh, some of them are, you know, expert firefighters. And that's where a lot of the fires happen in the summer times. And uh, they've learned the art of how to deal with uh, fires and you know, to put them out before they get really humongous in size. And so check yourself also when uh, the fire of desire comes a little too strong. And again, it's desire, kama esha, krod esha, rajaguna samudbaba. You know, it is, uh, it is the, the desire of lust that uh, is, ignites all the other, gets everything else going. And so we need to try to subdue this. How is that done? Uh, through the weapon of knowledge. Uh, we can uh, slash this, uh, this uh, all-devouring sinful enemy of humankind is uh, through, through knowledge, understanding that uh, there's a higher purpose and I'm not this body, I'm the spirit, and so on and so forth. Krishna swallowed up the flames. It's not known exactly how the flames started up. That's not really detailed here. Um, it's not a, some form of a demon or anything like that. Um, uh, there's no mention of how it started up, but nevertheless, it's there. And flames, fire, just do happen. Uh, problems, challenges do happen. And the reason why we are get very fixed and focused in our sadhana is so that we can be uh, ready and able to cope with the challenges of the day and the challenges of our life. Our sadhana in the morning in particular is so essential for building up spiritual strength. Mm. <clears throat> uh, after Krishna had done this heroic thing uh, of, of like a super uh, hero status by swallowing uh, the flames, and I don't know if anybody's ever looked into, you know, fire, swallow people who follow, swallow fires, fire eaters. They don't really take in the fire. But Krishna did. After all, it's, it's fire that comes from the Lord, and all energies come from the Lord. All energies extend from him, and fire is one of them. When uh, Krishna swallowed the fire, the boys were amazed, and they realized something about Krishna. He's just not ordinary. And this was quite common, because almost every day, if not once a day, two or thrice, three times a day, uh, Krishna would be contending with some uh, people of not good intent, uh, uh, enemies, you can say, the uh, allies of Kamsa. And uh, they were dispatched on a regular basis. But every time, without fail, uh, Krishna would uh, anguish these uh, Asuras, as he says, it's one of his reasons for coming to this world. Paritranaya sadhunam vinashaya dushkritam. Dushkritam means people who are meritorious for mischief making. So Krishna will deal with them, he'll subdue them, and he comes across always as, as a hero. And uh, so the boys had concluded, oh, he's some kind of god from the sky. Um, and this way they were. 
let's say, enveloped in a kind of yoga maya, not realizing that he is the god, not one of the gods, but the god, the deva, deva, jagatpate. And Krishna allows that kind of illusion to go on. If, if it was otherwise, if the boys were thinking, here's God, they would just be reverential. And the Lord would not have the chance to play on equal terms with his friends. So that's the motivation behind uh, Krishna's allowing the boys to think along those lines. What I found most striking about this story is that after this uh, forest fire uh, you know, the, the, the big problem was solved and, and uh, Krishna you know, swallowed this and uh, allayed everyone's fears. Everything just went back to normal and everyone's playing their flutes and dancing, just having a good time. The gopis were also very happy to see Krishna come back naturally. There was this strong bond there and everything was just uh, back to normal. And then like that, like a reset button, oh, back to the happiness of life in, in the forest in Vrindavan. And then until another perilous or dangerous thing would come, threatening everyone, all the bridge bosses, and this way the, the Leela goes on chapter after chapter. Uh, there's just uh, so much uh, rich richness in, in the stories. And uh, the plot seems to be uh, quite similar. Krishna comes across as the hero, and everyone you know, who reads or hears the stories feels, well, how is he going to tackle this problem? How is he going to deal with that? This and that. And it just continues to go on, keeping us quite enlivened with these stories. And one thing I like to reflect on, too, is that in Chapter 17, Text 16 from Bhagavad Gita in the Purport, Srila Prabhupada talks about how to discipline the mind. And he said, you do that through the stories. We have many stories from the Mahabharata and the Puranas. Bhagavatam, of course, is there too. And he's saying that if you immerse yourself in these stories, it will uh, serve in, uh, in many ways, serve to um, satisfy our needs for rich stories, replete with uh, intrigue and conflict and battles and romance and sweet moments of... Uh, just uh, calmness and and all all that uh, what kind of a human per, uh, human being needs are there for us you know so to to discipline the mind we have these particular stories we can be entertained you know every day so we're very happy about this particular series of Karti this month when we remember Krishna as a young boy in particular and uh, I, I I'm grateful for the opportunity to. Uh, sit here with you uh, and uh, many miles away from where some of you are. Uh, thank you very much. I understand that, uh, if I'm not mistaken, there was supposed to be some pre uh, period for questions and answers. Am, am I right about that? Pancharatna uh, Prabhu? Um, okay. I can't hear you. There I go. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah, we should ask our audience if you have any questions on this wonderful talk. Um, please write them in the comments section, and we'll we'll take a look here. Uh, see if there's anything. Let me just get into the comments here. Um, okay. All right. 
So we have a few, uh, a lot of Hare Krishnas. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> a lot of Hare Krishnas from uh, Shoba and uh, Shriti Gupta from uh, Abai Erokar. So uh, a few of your fans out there are, are, uh, are you know, wishing you a Hare Krishna on this wonderful day. Oh, you know, oh. you, you spoke about forests, and and I also think that you know forests are so important in our lives to um, mm. to be to associate uh, with with the, with nature in that way, and that because we generally, at least here, I'm in I'm in New York City right now, and I'm also living in a forest, but it's a concrete forest. <laughs> right, right. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's so wonderful to get out into into the into nature. I have to do it every day. Well, practically. I get somewhere, yeah. some park, somewhere. Well, I, I agree with you, Pancharanaprabhu. Uh, and uh, you see, we we hear about Krishna and his uh, leela in a city like Dwarka, of, of course, is gorgeously lined up with trees and so on like that. But yes. there's nothing like like the raw nature uh, to get us kind of excited in a, in a different way. So well, Krishna has moves around, we know, in his life. And when he was young, it was very rural. So we have the rural Krishna, and then we have the urban Krishna in, in Dwarka and Mathura and other places like that. So what I always thought was really nice is that Krishna has, uh, there's this diversity about him. You have your choice as to how you want to approach him. Do you want to go to the rural Lord or do you want to go to the to the guy in the city, <laughs> the important guy in the city? And so we have choices. We, have we so do, we do. But when Krishna chooses, where does he go? He goes to the forest. That's right, that's right. And I think that's he, where we He goes to the forest, that's where he finds himself most at home. Mm -hmm. I, I was uh, speaking to Ermila uh, some some days back, and she was commenting how Krishna's scent mm -hmm. is from trees, a guru mm -hmm. and camphor, and musk from deers. It's all these wild forest mm -hmm. aromas, the things that can arouse you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And yeah, one yeah, of his favorite uh, flowers is the uh, forest flowers. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's, I think that's what can stimulate us and bring out uh, and really enhance our Krishna consciousness when we spend a little time outdoors each day. Uh, I was on a trail called Dynamic, no, Dynamite Trail, believe it or not. And I walked on over the Mush Amush River. Mush Amush. And uh, it was all, you know, the scent of pine and fir and all that. It was, there's a sweetness there that uh, enhances you in a very different way from any other experiences. Yeah. Well, we do have a question here um, from Ahavala Nishringa. Please, Ahavala Nishringa, wonderful name. Please repeat where Kaliya Serpent is currently living. Well, thank you. Uh, Kaliya Serpent is residing in one of the Fijian islands, and I had the pleasure to be on three of those islands. And uh, it just, uh, I just can't remember. It's one of the major islands. I, I don't remember the name of it, but to get to this spot, you'd have to go over a, sort of a mountain range. There's sort of worn down mountains. It was extremely hot and humid. And uh, I, I, I didn't think I would be able to make it, and I ran out of time. But yeah, apparently he's there, 
and the local people also acknowledge his presence. And they say that if you were to go there, you would uh, probably come up either blind or becoming like a madman. So it's maybe not a wise thing to actually go right to where he resides, uh, to have darshan of the, the little devil himself. But, uh, you know, it'd be nice to know that he, uh, if you were to be near someone who was near to Krishna. <laughs> yeah. uh, and he surrendered at the end. So. Yeah. yeah, he did. He submitted. So he got the same. The same response came out of him, as would the uh, other asuras who were personally vanquished by the Lord. So I just found Kaliya to be a unique one. He kind of got away with it. It's kind of slipped out of him uh, that uh, not being personally, let's say, destroyed, demolished by the Lord, but he did come to the point of submission, and that's yeah. a, that's what it's yeah. all about, you know. Yeah. And uh, it's all about surrender and sweet surrender. Sarva dharman vrajya ja mami kang charanam vrajya ahantvam sarva bhavyo mokshashami mashuja. And we just simply have to surrender to the Lord. All different strange conceptions we have in this world, and don't get too hung up on you know social political issues. You know which we see being stirred up sometimes in the devotee community, just you know, come to the point of remembering Krishna. And the best way to do that is everyone comes together um, and uh, engages in kirtan and his glorification and put all these other, you know, uh, let's say very secondary things to the side. And um, the, the, the great deal of, of that Krishna offers is that he removes the pop, the sin, and of course, we're living in we're living in a pop culture, right? Yeah, we're, we're, we're all pop means sin. I'll, I'll relay yeah. a funny story. When I was walking across America, I was uh, my favorite state was Utah, and uh, I had a chance to uh, go for a lot of radio interviews. And and this was I I can't remember the name of the town exactly, but it's where they have a lot of dinosaur pieces and so on. Um, but I I did a um, an interview with someone uh, at a radio station. It was country western, and then uh, that went really well. Uh, and then the next day, um, I went to another radio station in that area, and I asked Jennifer, the broadcaster, "So, what kind of music do you play here?" And she said, "Oh, it's pop, pop music." I said, "Oh, pop." This is before she interviewed me. Pop, yeah, pop in Sanskrit in our tradition means sin. Uh, and, and then Jennifer goes, okay, Swani, put on the microphone speaker. We're on the air now. Okay. Okay. So ladies and gentlemen, we have a very interesting person here. He's, he's the walking monk and he's known as, let me see if I can say it. Swami Bhakti Marg Swami. She said it perfect. And I told her it was perfect. And I said, so we were just having a nice conversation. And we were just talking about the kind of music that we play on our radio station. And, uh, um, I told him it was pop music, and Swami said, it's pop means sin. And what was that language? And he said, Sanskrit, Jennifer, Sanskrit. And then <laughs> she said, oh, yeah, sin. Well, and, that, of course, that's why we have the Swami with us today, to deal with our sins. <laughs> it was wonderful, wonderful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But one oh, one nice great. thing about uh, 1866, uh, where the Lord says surrender, and of course the verse prior he talks about, you know, think of me, uh, 
you know, love me, basically. Love the Lord with all their heart and all their mind and all their soul is pretty much our, you know, that the equivalent to the Christian, you know, yeah. saying message. And uh, so then finally he said, he gives moksha. This is the deal. He removes karma, takes the karma away, the pop. He uh, he wards us with moksha, which is like a, a type of freedom. And then finally he says, mashucha. Mashucha means don't worry. You know, have no fear. Be calm. Relax. Everything's okay. Wow. Soothing. Even when the fire comes, right? That, that was <laughs> your, your talk. When the fire is there, Krishna says, yeah. don't worry. I got it under control. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, just yes. close your eyes, right? Yeah. He, he, he has to just close your eyes and then take care of it. I'll take yeah. it. Yes, exactly. Wonderful. I mean... Well, it's just, uh, you know, Krishna's already there. He apparently is with us in the heart, and uh, we tend to forget very easily. We'd be easily distracted. So it's a matter of re-welcoming him, <laughs> in a sense. And we do that through chanting and being in good company. Yeah, thank you. Now, now Ganga Seva has asked a question here. He, she, she's asking, because we have a few more minutes. Um, in our scheduled time. Uh, and she's asking you to tell a story because you told a wonderful story about Krishna. Now, why not uh, tell a little bit of a story about our dear Srila Prabhupada? Um, and uh, maybe some forest stories. Well, okay. Well, I did have the great opportunity to walk with Prabhupada in the forest. Actually, it was a park, a city park in Chicago uh, along Lake Michigan. And uh, a few of us were there um, walking. And um, I remember this Brahmananda Swami, Vishnu Jan Swami, there was Satsuru Maharaj, and a few others. So we had some sannyasis mixed with brahmacharis and grahastas and so on. And, um, you know, two things I'll say about that time that I was there. Um, so there was a cyclist, he came by. And he stopped right in front of me. And that's why I remember this so well. And he stopped in front of me, but he was actually directing his attention to where Prabhupada was. I was a little more distant. And he said, excuse me. And Prabhupada actually, you know, had stopped. And um, he said, I just have a question. And then Prabhupada said, yes. He said, and he said, I just want to know why some of you carry the sticks and others don't. And he was talking about the dundas that was, you know, born by the, you know, sannyasis. So then Prabhupada said, what did he say? And he asked Brahmananda. And then Brahmananda uh, translated it as, well, Prabhupada, he just wants to know why we carry the sticks. And then Prabhupada said, tell him we carry the, the sticks to shoo away the dogs. So everyone just had a good laugh at that point. <laughs> so in that same park, I, I believe it was the same park, uh, Vishaka Devi Dasi was there and she was taking photographs and everything. And so we came to the end of a trail. And of course, we were walking through the trees and the grass and all that. And uh, we came to the end of a trail. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, it was kind of like a, just a wall of stone. And it was beautiful. And it was decided that this would be a beautiful uh, place for Prabhupada to pose and to get his photograph done. 
So he took one of these real classic iconic poses, but it wasn't good enough for some of the devotees. So Vishaka was standing there and she suggested me if I'm you know, move slightly this way, I get to catch the sun, you know. And then Brahmananda came and he tried to help Prabhupada with the folds on his chatter. Another devotee came and sort of helped Prabhupada with his arm. And it got everyone got so fussy. <laughs> Prabhupada, got, Prabhupada got sort of pleasantly frustrated and said, Oh, I'm just going to stay with this. You cannot satisfy all of the people all of the time. <laughs> no. so that's a great line. You cannot, yeah. you know, if you're an administrator and like, it doesn't matter who you are, if you're an adult, you're going to be in a position to administrate. You're going to be managing uh, as an adult, as a parent. So, you know, you'll be, people will come to you with demands and you will know that you cannot satisfy everybody all of the time. So that just kind of stays with my mind, you know, that Prabhupada was making this remark and, you know, it was it was a moment of lightness, you know, being mm -hmm. there. In the, but it has such a profound meaning. There's profundity there and how it plays out in our world, our bigger world. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, just know that decisions must be made and you're not going to satisfy everyone, but decisions must be made. And don't yeah. don't stop too long. Don't drag on. Uh, uh, make them. It's all about time. And Krishna says, I am time. Do things in a timely manner. Let's get on and get on with the next issue that comes in, in your face. And if it compounds and piles up, you know, you'll become overwhelmed. So make decisions and get on with the show. All right. <laughs> <laughs> One last little question, again from Ahovala Nishinga. He's asking if you've traveled to where Hanuman is residing. And I, I don't even know where is Hanuman residing. There's a book, you know, we have a god brother. Not god, I'm not, he's not our god, but he's our friend. He's um, published uh, a, you, there's a, a famous series called Where is Waldo? You may have seen that. And uh, so there, uh, my kids used to like that. So he made one, Where is Hanuman? And oh, I see. Uh, you, you find you find Hanuman in the in the pictures, but yeah, where is Hanuman? Well, I I don't know where Hanuman is. Maybe uh, our Prabhu here will maybe answer that question. But I would just say that uh, I think we should see Hanuman in uh, you know welcome into our life through his spirit, his attitude of yes, always willing yes, to serve. Yes. My dear Lord, from this day on, I am yours. And oftentimes when I see something in the distance, like a yellow patch of anything, like sometimes trees are marked with an orange to indicate yes. that those trees are gonna come down as part of tree management. And mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, for the persons who are involved in tree management, they'll see it like that, that, okay, this is, uh, we've got to take this one down. But for me, I say, oh, that's a mark of Hanuman, the orange, as he was chasing after the orange ones. The, the big orange known as the sun. Thank you very much. Thank you. So now we come to a close and we look forward to your next appearance on our, our broadcast, not for Kartik. I think we have um, uh, more to look forward after Kartik. We're planning all kinds of things. And every time you come on to our, our, our channel, it's always such a great pleasure, and especially for me. So I would like to thank you again from my heart and uh, welcome all of the devotees also to thank you for joining us. And everyone out there, make sure that you share, you subscribe, 
share this with everyone and uh, subscribe and follow. Hit the notify button if you're on YouTube and see you tomorrow. Hare Krishna. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.